0: Hey listeners, it's Hannah. I'm back. I am the editor and producer of this lovely podcast, but we've got some news to share. Here we go. This episode of Stay Healthy New Jersey is our 50th episode, and I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, 50 seems like a lot, and we obviously couldn't have done it without all the guests that we've had on the show, so thank you to you guys Thank you to the listeners. And then, of course, we've got to give Justin the shout-out he deserves. He's been a fantastic podcast host. I truly don't know how he does it. Doing the intro is enough for me. All right, you guys. We have James Pratt. He's back on the podcast. He was actually our second-to-last podcast guest before COVID hit and before the quarantine started in March. So it's super interesting to hear him come back on months later and tell us a little bit about how Pratt Performance Systems adapted to the quarantine, uh, what they're doing now, and all the crazy stuff that James has learned from going through this experience. If you haven't yet checked out Pratt Performance, you've got to. They're amazing. They're at Pratt Performance on Instagram. You can find them under Pratt Performance Systems on Facebook, and then their website is just www.prattperformance.com. Half of our staff goes to James and his staff, so I think that says enough about how good of a job they really do. Just a couple more things. I promise I'm almost done. If you haven't checked us out on Instagram or Facebook yet, go do it. We're at Strive2Move on Facebook and Instagram. And if you haven't left us a rating or review on iTunes or even subscribed to the podcast, go do it right now. The podcast isn't going anywhere. And then come back and listen to the rest of the episode. Enjoy, you guys.
1: This is the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast, aimed at helping you live an active and healthy life in and around Somerset and Union County, New Jersey. This podcast is brought to you by Strive to Move, located in Warren and Berkeley Heights. Strive to Move helps active adults in New Jersey get back to doing what they love pain-free.
2: All right, we have a repeat guest here. We have James Brown. I think, were you the last person on the podcast pre-pandemic? I think so
3: there may have been one more after me if i'm trying to follow along in my head with the Instagram posts
2: yeah okay so but you were you were certainly in march and then within a few weeks the the world kind of stopped so to speak
3: yeah Um, you know we were talking about it before the podcast last time and we were trying to determine how severe this was going to be you know and little did we know at the time that a couple weeks later we'd be shut down for months
2: yeah i mean it's been it's been crazy and what i uh just to pay Homage to a different podcast, how I built this, which I really like, which they have on entrepreneurs. What they're doing now is um, they're bringing back a lot of the people they interviewed to talk about how they, their business or themselves, have dealt with the pandemic. So taking that as a cue, I, I think it'd be good as we're going to start going back through some of our guests and talking to them about what's going on. You know, I, I think. Entrepreneurs in general are a lot of the most resilient and creative people um, and a lot of times we look at it and say, oh, they own the business and you know everything must be good. But we know
3: that that's not always the case. So I guess how, how
2: have you been doing through all of this?
3: Uh, overall, if I were to look back at when this started to where we are now, uh, I'm pretty pleased with how this has all turned out. You know, if you told me three months ago that we would be shut down for three months um, and what position would you be in from a business perspective? Um, I would have probably thought it would, it would be in a worse scenario than what it's turned out to be. Going back to when this all started, um, we were originally told this was gonna be a two week shutdown on March 16th. Um, so the, the initial reaction that we had as a business, we're like, all right, let's take these two weeks, uh, let's get better, let's create better systems, let's create a better training process, let's get better at writing programs for our clients, Um, let's add more people to the mix on programming um, and just treat it as like an educational two weeks. And then maybe we'll like do something new to the place, which we painted the walls. Um, But I was actually excited to have two weeks of not training anybody to work on a lot of things that we weren't uh, working on as much as I would like to uh, leading up to that point because uh, of how busy we were with constantly training clients. So Uh, We kind of saw that as an opportunity and it was a really good two weeks where we were meeting for three, four hours a day, uh, going over a lot of the sales process, creating new like marketing strategies going forward. Um, And then when two weeks came up, then it was another two weeks and then it was another month. So at that point in time, we started to realize that this is going to be way longer um, than what we originally anticipated. So uh, we kept, we kept our employees for a month. And then after that month, we decided that we were going to let them go, and they were going to collect unemployment. Um, and then that's when we decided to get into virtual training. And uh, at first, that wasn't something we were really interested in. We we're like, if "This is going to be two weeks. I don't want to introduce a virtual training component to the business that isn't there at the moment." Um, and I feel like it would uh, it would kind of it, it would it would be so different than what we traditionally do and what we preach, and having like an assessment and customizing a program for each client. Um, that it wouldn't really hold true to our core values as a business. Um, after two weeks, we decided that, listen, we're going to we're gonna do it. Let's just stick to our bread and butter, though. You know, uh, we've no need for us to be overly creative on a virtual training uh, exercise selection standpoint. And let's just run a good workout for everybody where regardless of the equipment that they have in their house, we're able to give them a good workout where they're sweating, uh, getting their heart rate up and doing some resistance training to some capacity. Um, so we started doing that after – Um, two weeks in. And uh, that was bringing in about 10% of the revenue uh, pre COVID, uh, which is obviously better than nothing. Um, But you know, we gave our clients the option of signing up for that. And we didn't uh, continue charging our clients, obviously, once this hit. Uh, And then after doing that for about a month and a half, I guess, uh, that was our only offer. Then we were allowed to train people outdoors. And then uh, uh, I'm, I'm really fortunate that I have a lot of people, including yourself that are in my ear about uh, ways to make uh, our product better in terms of like, Hey, one, did you ever consider renting a tent? You know, you hooked me up with a guy uh, who ended up getting the 60 by 2010, which has been a game changer. Uh, but we set up a tent and we bring all the equipment out every day. And we started training people underneath the tent. Now leading into that, you know, how beneficial do we think that would be? If we get 30, 40 clients, you know, which is, you know, 20 to 25% of our overall members outside training uh, underneath a tent, that's great. And we'll do the customized programming thing as we usually do and just make the modifications based on the equipment that we need to bring out. And um, that turned out to be a game changer for us. I I can't believe how beneficial that's been. We have just about 50% of our members back training underneath the tent and we're offering uh, as of as of last week we're offering between athletes and adults uh, 12 sessions every day um, and allowing members to come in uh, eight at a time uh, eight per hour and then training them the same way we would indoors Um, and everyone's been everyone's been really optimistic about it you know obviously we had concerns about are we going to have enough equipment to run a really good training program for each person on their customized program is it going to be too hot out Um, is it going to rain and if it does do we have enough space so uh, there's a little bit more work to it in terms of bringing equipment in and out and then a little bit more anxiety uh, being dependent on the weather. But this, the past month and a half have been fantastic uh, training people outside. It, we've been really fortunate. And ironically, it's rained a few times, uh, but the times that it, it has rained, it seems to be exactly when we stop training. So I think someone's been watching out for us and uh, making sure that we have the ability to get all of our training sessions in on a daily basis.
2: Um, so you, you've been... Train, you've been uh, training people either individual or in your business what almost a, about a decade now right close to a decade um and you the last as i've observed the last probably two three years you've had prep performance on a rapid ascent and was there ever a period in the last three months or like man everything i built has kind of gone away now i know it's going to come back and i think you probably do too and it is already starting but was there ever a part like i did all this work
3: and it might this might be it absolutely yeah. And it's like, uh, I'm sure you've experienced it, but it's, it's, it's emotional, you know, because you're thinking about, uh, everything that's happened over the past few months and like, not even, not even just the members, but like your staff too, you know, and like, you feel responsible for all that. Um, and you're like, what am I going to do to get my staff back working? And what am I going to do to get my members back? And then once we're back, am I, am I going to be able to provide a product that resembles what we were doing previously. Are there going to be people that are not going to be able to afford this financially once we come back? You know, so it was like, it, it, it's definitely been a a little bit more of an emotional roller coaster than I anticipated. Um, You know, and and, as a business owner, you can't really portray that, but uh, on the upside of that, seeing how many people we have back and uh, seeing my staff's response to this whole situation has been incredibly uplifting, you know, because, at one point in your time, at one point in time, you don't know how long this is gonna go on for. And then once you resurface as a business, are we going to go back to the same situation where businesses are getting shut down? Um, how willing are my employees to go through the ups and downs of this uh, from a work and financial standpoint? Um, are my are my members going to uh, find alternatives to training or just give up on fitness altogether because of the lack of consistency? Um, so, yeah, all those things being taken into consideration, it's definitely there's definitely been some highs and lows um, emotionally in dealing with all of this. And there's definitely been times where you start to think of worst-case scenarios. Um, but, you know, uh, I think I'm optimistic, uh, as is my staff and as are our members, uh, that things will return to normal at some point and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll make a, a bigger comeback than we, than we plan on, uh, than we even anticipate at the moment.
2: Are there any lessons that you can think of right now that, you know, you've learned over the past two or three months that you'll continue with either business or personally that, um, that other, if it wasn't for this thing that you would never have kind of learned.
3: Yes. Um, delayed gratification, I think is, is the biggest lesson that I always try to look back to. And you're familiar with the study that they did on the kids with the, uh, was it a marshmallow or a cookie where here's the marshmallow and, I'm going to leave the room, the adult. And uh, if I come back and the the marshmallow is still there, then you're going to get two. Um, So your ability to delay that instant gratification of that marshmallow immediately um, can double your result and the result being twice as much food if you wait 10 minutes. And uh, I'm constantly trying to remind myself and my staff that's the circumstance we're in right now. Like We are not going to have the revenue coming in at the moment that we would like. Uh, and we're going to have to work really hard for less reward uh, at the moment. But when this is all said and done, if we do things better uh, than we have in the past, and if we're doing things better than other people in the fitness industry right now, the reward is going to be uh, that much better at the end when things do return to normal. So all we could do is everything that we've ever said we're going to do, which is put out the best possible product that we can, given any circumstance. You know, And uh, we have a lot of people that we feel responsible for enhancing their quality of life. So it would go against our core values if we were to just say, "Hey, let's wrap it up. Let's wait for this all to uh, let's wait for this all to pass over, and then we'll try to continue our business." What could we do in the moment right now, albeit with less reward um, financially? What can we do right now to help all of our people as much as humanly possible? And at some point in time, that's all going to the, the financial side of it will all make sense. Has there been
2: anything you? Um has there been any gratification maybe is the word? You know, we're in the middle of a literally a public health crisis and you and I, and I think you even more than me and preventative measures are in the business of keep getting people to, you know, be healthy. And, you know, one of the biggest, um, well, the biggest risk factor is, is age with, with COVID-19, but as much the biggest risk factor is people that have Co-morbid conditions, diabetes, uh, overweight, obesity, all the all those things that we talk about. Um, so, has there been any moments where you've thought like, "Wow, I really am kind of making a difference"? And you know, we we do have a mission-driven business that, you know, in a time like this, really is kind of necessary.
3: Yeah, yeah. I um, it, it seems a little lo- like you don't necessarily, as the business owner, I'm sure you feel the same way. You don't necessarily want to use the COVID-19, uh, current pandemic as like a sales pitch to people, you know, cause it just feels wrong. Um, but, but we does have-
2: it, is it wrong? I mean, no, but I'm serious. <laughs> okay, is no, it no, like-
3: I get it. Yeah, no, I get what you're saying. Um, but it, it just, it just has that feeling like, you know, will people think that, uh, albeit truth, will people be under the perception that you're trying to, uh, use the current circumstance as a, uh, as a financial gain, you know, sure. Um, but, but that being said, you know, I, I think fitness is obviously huge. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of people in the industry that are saying, at the end of the day, the people who are, are training consistently, if they get this virus, they're going to be in a much better uh, situation versus people who are overweight. And I, I train a lot of health professionals, you know, like you, there's a, a couple of doctors and there's a bunch of nurses that we train that have all said, like, in the hospital, in the trenches, like the people that are overweight are not doing very well. Um, and the people that are in pretty good shape tend to do okay. Um, so, yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think that what we do makes a difference in this circumstance. Um, but you know, you don't necessarily you don't necessarily want to feel you want you don't want people to feel like you're trying to use that this circumstance to your advantage. Um, but hey, hopefully it brings enough awareness to everyone that they start taking fitness and exercise more seriously, because I'm sure you'd agree that there's too many people that are sedentary and not doing enough activity and they need to start doing something, you know, to, and if they're more active, uh, you know, I don't think they necessarily need to, uh, take in a seven day a week excessive, uh, training schedule where, you know, they're lifting weights and doing cardio activities for 90 minutes a day, but the people need to start doing more of something. Um, You know, so whatever low level activities that is, uh, people just need to not be on the couch as much and they need to either get outside and do more stuff, um, like walking, or get in the gym and start getting introduced to how fitness works. Yeah.
2: I, I, you know, not to go back to Rogan again, but he keeps preaching on every time he has someone on his podcast, he's like, you know, I understand wearing a mask and I understand social distancing and we have to take precaution, but he's like, I just wish someone in the government or elsewhere would talk about ways to actually boost your immune system or become healthy or anything like that. It's all, you know, it's all the, the other stuff. And again, not that it's not say it's not important, but nobody's talking about the fact that the people that the the ways that we can try to prevent this long-term. And, and I think that, you know, I almost see it not differently than you in the sense of obviously we're not trying to scare people and for financial gain, but some people do need to be legitimately scared into taking care of themselves. And unfortunately we all are motivated by fear more than by pleasure. Right. And so, um, I, I kind of wish it would, for some people that it would be the impetus to maybe do something and to invest in their health and, you know, to be okay spending a few hundred dollars to prevent that long-term um, issue, which, you know, and I've, I've told all of my friends that are trainers always that, you know, I believe you guys really are like primary care. It should be, you know, it should be the, the thing that people do most predominantly. And, and I really feel like during this time, it, it should become even more important, right? And and not one of those things that it is just, okay, stay in your house and wear a mask and, and be scared. Like, you know, there is a time and place for that. And we do need to take proper precaution, but nobody's talking about exercise, not talking about diet. And, and I think that, you know, to, to your point before, um, if someone loses 20, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, or they're that much overweight, or they have a, uh, their cardiovascular system isn't, isn't functioning properly. Um, they're going to struggle. And then not just with COVID-19, but in general,
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's definitely the, the awareness that needs to be brought to the people, you you know, and I I hope, as you're saying that, I I hope people don't see, um, Hey, I should take vitamin D and place that as like the hundred percent importance of what, what's going to help them going forward. You know, I, I hope people that are trying to look at things, um, to decrease the likelihood that they get COVID or if they get COVID that, you know, they, Uh, are potentially in a a bad circumstance because of it, that they do look at things like fitness and nutrition as well as like, because everything that I'm hearing from, from clients, like, yeah, I need to increase my vitamin D or uh, you know, there's something along those lines that it's a little bit less uh, work oriented, you know, but I do hope people that, I do hope people start to see that after this is all said and done, that they do need to be more active. And again, to what measures, who knows, but it, it, you just need to, people need to start exercising more than they are.
2: are there? Is there anything you learned about yourself during this time?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I'd say I've been a little bit spoiled probably to this point in my business, uh, in the business world and in my career. Um, I really like what I do and I spend a lot of hours on it and I enjoy it. And when this happened, it changed everything. It's like I, I wasn't training people as much um, started making house calls. It really changed the way I looked at my job. It was like, it wasn't coming, come in here and you have your hours and you have your training staff and you have your schedule and, you know, everything was kind of like running really smooth. Um, it kind of, it took me probably to a place where the, the job was not as enjoyable and there wasn't nearly as much money coming in. And, uh, it really tested your will, you know, because when things are going well, it's easy. And, um, you know aside from the hours that get put in i find my job to be pretty easy honestly because i enjoy it so much when this happened it changed the way i looked at my job and uh i had to put a lot more work in um for you know not you know, not just myself not just the business but again my staff and the members there was a lot of stuff that had to be done and there wasn't an immediate reward so I think it challenged uh, my love for this industry and my job uh, a lot more than anything else has, you know? So, um, again, constantly telling myself that there's going to be a reward at the end of this, like when we get through this, this is all going to make sense, even though you can't see the reward right now. Um, but yeah, it, it was definitely challenging when this first happened. Um, and then the weeks that followed to organize my day, Decide uh, where I wanted to spend my time, um, you know, show the appropriate amount of time uh, for my, you know, to better my staff, the appropriate amount of time to put out, um, work out material for members, all that stuff. So it, it, it definitely, it definitely challenged me to, uh, to show um, how much, how much I enjoy my job in this industry and I, I think to this point, you know, despite how challenging it was, I think as a business, we've responded pretty well, uh, to the circumstance.
2: How do you, do you expect, let's say September and hopefully the, you know, life goes back to normal, We'll say, or our new normal, but back inside and back able to train the way it is. Do you expect, um, yourself to be different or to, to run the business different or your mentality be any different based on this or or kind of you're hoping it goes back to the way it was
3: yeah yeah I, I think I, we're definitely going to do some things differently uh some things I think are going to be for the better you know uh, right now you know we we as as a staff we love our bigger sessions like we love having 12 to 18 people here at a time and like there's a lot of camaraderie people are joking around a lot you know laughing the high fives fist bumps the whole nine it's just it's a great environment um, from a staff perspective like we love seeing that everything's moving everything's going and it's a lot of fun um, that's not going to be the case when we come back you know and it, it's going to bring us back to when we first started the business which is we take six people maximum and there's one trainer and because of that and the amount of members that we have we're going to have to offer a lot more sessions and a lot more times. So the, the benefit to this is, you know, the, are we gonna lose out on those big sessions, the great camaraderie at the 9.30 AMs and the 5 PMs and the 6 PMs? Yes, but um, we're gonna have way more space to do our activity with a maximum of six people. Um, and those members are probably gonna get a lot more attention with the smaller groups. And we're gonna offer way more times that are gonna be available for the members. So, you know, if there is an upside to trying to decrease the amount of people that are in the gym at once, uh, it's going to be more session times available, um, which may bring in more clients. you know, with with any business, the hours of which you operate, uh, sometimes there's people left out if you don't have a 5 a.m., which now if we have a 5 a.m., does that open up the ability to bring in more business? Um, You know, we hope so. And uh, are we gonna be able to create deeper relationships with our members being a maximum of six, um, like the business first started? You know, and probably what the the business's uh, core really is, is really good relationships uh, with our members. Um, And then, you know, just session availability and better relationships and uh, potentially more time available for the staff too, because if we only need one staff member training at a time, that will, will potentially give us more time to get some other stuff done. Do you, you mentioned the,
2: in the beginning we started with programming and the product and delivering the right product and you just hit on something with members and, and relationships and um, have you, what about the idea of you weren't able to offer the same product but you know the idea of have you learned anything about the relationships that you built with clients or maybe unintended I guess, why people actually come to the gym? Is it for the, the training program or, or
3: what is it really? Have
2: you had any other thoughts on that of, of late in the last couple of months?
3: Yeah, yeah, I think that there's, uh, we've seen that the relationship that we have with our clients has created a lot of support through this whole thing, you know? And there were, there were some people who pretty much said, if you offer anything, I'll buy it just to show support, um, you know, which, which is, uh, that's cool. You know, that's a really cool thing to experience. Um, as a business owner, where people are so supportive of what you're doing, and they appreciate the effort that uh, we've put in, um, that they'll literally just purchase anything that we put out, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and then in terms of virtual training, you know, we're like, we, we know the majority of you guys well enough, and we know which exercises we should and shouldn't do. So, I I think the training virtually, um, you know, I don't think it was a, you know, throw an exercise at the wall and see how it plans, uh, see how it works. I think the exercise selection itself within virtual training went pretty well and people trusted us with it. But yeah, I think it showed that um, there's more, there's definitely more to the business than just the, the customized programming. You know, I think there was a lot of people who, you know, just enjoyed being with us, whether it be virtually on zoom or, um, you know, seeing other members working hard that, you know, maybe it wasn't exactly what we offer at the facility, but it was still a really good product with really good people.
2: Yeah, uh, I think you and I spoke about it. But as it was explained to me, um, one of the things we all had to kind of get over was that we couldn't offer the same product as we did before. But but it's always the question of as compared to what, right? What's the what's the other option? And and in this time, there was there could be an argument to say that our virtual sessions and your virtual sessions. Are arguably more val were more valuable during the pandemic because there was no other option. Now, you and I, you know, when it first started, you know, do we do virtual? We can't offer the same product and all that because we're still thinking like compared to what we normally do. We can't normally do we can't do that anymore, right? And it's same. We saw that too. There were some people that told us, you know. We don't want to do, we'll wait till you come back in session in person and we'll do your sessions there because they had the experience of being in person already, but when they realized that they didn't have another option and this was the best they could do and they still wanted a result, then they were back on board, right? And so it's always always compared to something else. Similarly, um, I think you've even had a couple of people start trial runs with you guys that went to Lifetime or a big box gym only because they don't have another option
3: yeah yeah absolutely
2: so i think that's 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 a big thing to know a big lesson to to kind of take away um is there anything that if if i if you knew two years ago that this was going to happen and you know crystal ball would there be anything you would have told yourself two years ago to prepare for it or it's kind of like one of those things where you just kind of kind of live it to, to 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 do it (laughs)
3: <laughs> well, I, if I knew this was happening two years ago, yes, there, I think we would have taken um, taken some measures to plan for it and have a product available for our clients. I wasn't um, – when, when this happened, I, I was very disappointed in myself and the time it took for us to get something up and running for the business. Um, that being said, you know, can you plan for something like this? Who knows? You know, I, I, I did have a member uh, that you know. Jeff Bell gets a shout out right here <laughs> who, uh, who mentioned something in late February to me. He's like, Hey, you start planning for this. And I was like, you're crazy. I was like, you're absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, we're, we're, gyms are not going to get shut down mm-hmm. uh, just because you know, a few people have COVID in California,
0: mm-hmm.
3: uh, but you know, he was way ahead of the curve. And um, when this, when this whole thing happened, I was like, I didn't like the plan was to work on other things right now, but I'm like, I did a, I did a pretty poor job of planning ahead for this and having something ready to go for the members that, you know, could be productive for them from a fitness standpoint, but also productive for the business financially. Um, so if this were to happen again, uh, where businesses get shut down, I plan on having a much better, uh, plan for that and we're prepared for it as a business. You know, I don't intend on, uh, having this sneak up on me again.
2: Yeah. I, I, When I drive down Washington Valley, sometimes I look at some of the restaurants or all these different places that are shut down. And I think to myself, if they knew it was coming, could they have done anything different? And in a lot of situations, uh, I don't even know if they could, right? Like, especially like a restaurant, Billy. And you and I are, I I was more fortunate than even you because we were considered essential. So we were able to kind of stay open. Um, But this was one of those situations where literally for a lot of people, there was absolutely nothing you could do. Nothing you could do. And it's, it's pow- you feel powerless in that situation where you can't, you literally like, again, people that start businesses are generally resilient go-getters and they want to be able to fix every problem that's in front of us. Okay. It's a recession. Well, we got to figure out, we got to have other options, be creative. All right. Like, you know, we, we have this problem in business, like, you know, that you're, you're, let's say you have a fire, all these things that do happen, like in real life that happened to other businesses. It, this has never really happened to anybody. You know and the government lived, literally mandated that you couldn't do what you normally did it wasn't that it's just that people don't have any money or they're on vacation or all these kind of things that normally happen this was something that it was it was literally nothing that you could do
3: you know? yeah there's a lot of businesses that you know my, my heart goes out to you know the restaurants being one of the you know one of the big ones because i know a couple of uh restaurant owners that this is just this is crippling, you know, and, and it and it's going to be crippling for the foreseeable future, you know, until they're allowed to bring back hundred percent of uh of the you know of the people that they can have they can have within the restaurant, you know, because this maximum occupancy of twenty five percent, fifty percent, and trying to supplement that with outdoor dining, it's just not going to bring in the same revenue as what they were doing before, you know, so I I feel, I feel really bad for a lot of those businesses and, you know, other people mentioning that, like, they're still not bringing in 20% of the revenue that they were before this whole thing happened. You know, that's, uh, it's it's a really unfortunate circumstance where I totally agree with you. There's literally nothing they can do, you know? Yeah. And and
2: I think one of the things that it's, one of the things from a business perspective is that is it, it's exposed business models, not businesses, right? Like, so in those restaurants, a lot of them could, have, could be very solid business owners. But, you know, like one of the things they talked about is how the restaurant business in general runs on such a low profit margin that they have no room and it's just the way that the industry is, and so it's exposed business models, even if the business owner has done a good job, like they were talking about how in, you know, New York City and these very, like, expensive restaurants that unless they're running at, like, 80-90% occupancy, they're not really profitable, and it's, like, that's a hard game to play your whole, in, in your whole life. Um, and obviously this is crippling for, for those businesses, but you know, if you don't have a business where you, you have margin to be able to do that, it can be, it can become really, really challenging.
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That that was the one thing that the one restaurant owner pointed out, pointed out to me. Uh, and one time we were talking about how busy the place was and he's like, this place has to be like this almost all the time to make money.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it's, it opens your eyes a little bit to, to understand, um, you know, we run a very kind of lower overhead, not a lot of people business that if, if done, you know, even halfway, okay, is it luckily can kind of make money, which is, um, which is a good thing. And the other thing that it allows us to do is, is to be able to offer a better product for people, right? And so, you know, you guys have seen that. And I think as a gym owner, you've probably, I know, been frustrated that you've been lumped in with other gyms that it'd be like me being lumped in with a hospital. Like I'm about as far from, I'm in healthcare, but I'm not a hospital. Right. And they're lumping you in with like a plan of fitness that it's, it's not, it's not even the same apples and oranges comparison. Um, but it, you know, we choose to run the business like that because we can offer a better service. And it also, you know, allows for better training, but it allows for a better you know product overall. Right. And, and it kind of, in my situation, as I see it, it's kind of, I guess, justified a lot of the decision that we've made before this too, as much as you think like, all right, here's what I would change. It's also justified a lot of the stuff that we've normally done. Right. And I can give you an example in our business, you know, from a business model perspective, we haven't had to change anything because, you know, there's some bigger box physical therapy or chiropractic offices that, you know, the doctor might have three or four patients all together in one. They can't do that anymore. You know, we've always been one-on-one. So like nothing has to change for us from that perspective. And yeah. so it's kind of justified that and made it made it nice to be able to go back that we haven't had to make any adjustments. And and in your case, yeah, maybe you only have one trainer on board on, but the the product really is is I don't believe any different than it was before. Um, and truthfully, like oh, me and Dell were talking, we I know you don't like it because
3: it's a pain in the ass, but we, training outside has been
2: awesome. I mean, it's been a great thing. It's it's kind of like a value
3: add at
1: this point for us
3: yeah a lot lot of people enjoy the outdoor training way more than i thought and i think that's played a role in as many members coming back as it has as uh as that have come back and that uh the people who originally came back for those first couple of weeks started telling people that it's actually a lot of fun yeah it is we have the whole parking lot we have the kettlebells and the dumbbells and the cardio equipment and the sleds all out there um yeah it is brutal to get in and out every day Um, and it is hot being out there for four to five consecutive hours uh, and switching, you know, switching shifts with Kyle, and uh, hopefully this week John will be back. Um, but but that being said, like the when the when the music's playing, like the environment's the same. It really yeah. is. you know yeah. we have to play around with some exercises to make sure we're not utilizing too much equipment at once within someone's program. But I'm like, it's really the same thing outside. and you know, if uh, if I hire somebody to start bringing the equipment in and out, maybe keep it for longer.
2: <laughs> um, I, I often think about like, what are the the war stories that we tell about the things that we used to do and and this is going to be one of those situations right like i remember when i first opened my practice and we would call it that i would bring my table to a crossfit gym that had no air conditioning. And I would set my table up in front of the, in the lobby in front of the refrigerator. And I remember it being July and it was like legitimately like 115 degrees. And I would treat patients and the guy literally laid on the table and it was sweat. Like he, there was a puddle of sweat underneath him, but that's how it started. And if you look at it and you laugh, it's like, I can't believe he's to do that. When I opened my first office in, in Vince's gym before they moved, my treatment table was in the freaking shower. I was treating people in a shower.
1: Yeah.
2: I yeah. mean, it was ridiculous, but those are the type of things you look back and you're like, man, I can't believe I used to do that. But what, you know, but we got through it and, and going back to like the thing with clients at the end of the day, it's not the, the program and it's not the equipment. It's the relationships that you have and the trust that you have that they didn't care that I was in a shower because they trusted me. Yeah. And so you have that same relationship where people say, oh, I don't care what you do. I'll buy it. You know?
3: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So Maybe the, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it'll, uh, make people bring some of their stuff outside and start to do some, uh, some training out in the parking lot, even when it's not necessary anymore. I
2: think you'll, you will get that for sure. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, okay. So give me one final wrap up takeaway. Uh, I guess maybe some advice doesn't have to be for another business owner, but for, Anybody out there that might be struggling with this or having a hard time,
3: like give, give us, give us some, some, a lesson or encouragement that we can take home with us. So I I think I had a moment of paralysis when this first happened. And that's the only thing I would say that's really important to not do, you know, and and I had to snap myself out of it for the first time in years where I was like, my hands are tied. What do I do? I don't know what to do. Like, what do you mean? I'm not going to go into the office at 5am, write programs, get set up for 6am, train people, come back, write some more programs, train people in the afternoon, Um, meeting with staff uh, at the facility, um, in our meeting room, like that's not happening. Like I'm paralyzed. And um, I really had to snap myself out of that and say, go do something, like figure it out, get as close to, it may have been you that posted about this, but come as close to what your normal day is as possible. And like start to create a new regimen, but, uh, but as similar to what it was before. And I I would say, I, I guess, as, Advice to anybody, you know, not just business owners, is that like go do something proactive. Like contact the clients, paint the walls. Um, you know, start thinking about the future of when this does, when things do return to normalcy. Of uh, you know, what are what's your business and your day going to look like? You know, for for me personally, um, delegation has probably been a primary issue for me within our business. And I have a, a in my opinion, I have a highly competent staff that can probably take on more work than what they currently do. And reflecting on things like that, um, it it is, I I think something that will set us up for success in the future, that maybe I wouldn't take those moments to think about things like that. If things were still normal, you know, so just taking more time to reflect, uh, doing something and not being paralyzed, you know, because avoiding that moment of paralysis when this first happened and, Thinking that you know you're a victim of the circumstance and there's nothing you could do and complaining about government decisions—it's a waste of time. Sure. You know, just, uh, all you could do is do something. Uh, maybe it's not the perfect thing in the world right now. You know, maybe you don't need to list 37 things and make sure you pick out the most important thing first. Just still like do something proactive and uh, you know don't get caught being paralyzed and think about what what things are going to be like a year from now, two years from now, five years from now. Once this is all over. You know, and I think that'll kind of give everybody a, uh, you know, a, a better, a, a better, uh, I guess, outlook on this whole circumstance when, you know, they think five years from now, we're going to think five years ago, and it won't be that big of a deal anymore.
2: Right. No, that's, that's, that's good insight. And, and, you know, it sounds like you have reflected on it um, already. Uh, I know you told us before, but tell us again, you know, where we could find you, website, social media, all that type of stuff.
3: Yeah, we, we just redid our website a little bit before this happened. Uh, John and Kyle worked for days on that. I don't know how they do these things. I, I have no – I have absolutely zero technological abilities. It, it, the programs we write are still on Microsoft Excel, and, like, everyone makes fun of me, but, like – and they try to show me alternative ways, but it's just – it's so it, it's so outside of my comfort zone. It's insane. Maybe that's something I should do with the free time I have. Uh, but you could – prapperformance.com is our website. Instagram, Performance systems. Yeah. Um, but uh, anything else, Facebook, prep Performance, and that's yeah. where you can see some of our stuff. Um, we have a we have thirty days of workouts that we put out post COVID. So if anybody's still working out at home, um, feel free to check out the uh, COVID workout section. It's under our blogs on the website, and there's thirty days of workouts, and the workouts are approximately thirty minutes apiece. You could ha- if you don't have any equipment, you could still do the workout. We provide a no equipment option and a dumbbell or limited equipment option. Um, and then, if anybody is interested in getting into the gym, if their gyms are currently shut down or anything, uh, feel free to give us a call. We're still having people uh, do go through a trial period. Um, you know, we're not doing assessments outside right now. But if you want a, a trial period, you can give us a call and try it out for a week. If it's something you like, then we can t- continue uh, going forward with that. And then hopefully, we'll be inside pretty soon. So, your the trial you're
2: offering now is is a is a week free. Yes. Outside training, you're getting, a, you're getting a program or get a set of exercises that people can do. So if they're at, you know, Lifetime or Planet Fitness or
3: somewhere at YMCA that's not open and they're looking to start training, you're, you're able to take on new clients. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and cool. the, they'll get our assessment program, we call which is all just like our, our basic exercises with a, a good mixture of resistance training exercise and cardiovascular exercise. and It's all stuff that we think people will be able to do. You know, so we just put them in the safest possible exercises and then uh, we give them time frames to kind of, to uh, to work off of. And, you know, the, the people you who, know, <laughs> we've had a, we, we had a guy come in this past week who was like, he's like 50 years old, he's in phenomenal shape, who like when people, when someone like that walks in, uh, I, I think some of the others, some of the other members will be like, oh, well, like he could breeze through this stuff. This guy just worked to the point of like getting his butt kicked. Mm-hmm course of the workout um and i I think i think it was good for everyone to say to like regardless of what shape you're in if you push yourself appropriately the workout's challenging there's really no such thing as like a walk in the park workout you know right right Uh, so so like there's situations like that where people that are in really good shape they come in and they still get their butt kicked from a fitness standpoint. And on the other end of the spectrum, there's people that come in that like are new to exercise that really you know need to take their time and we're really careful with and making sure that we're keeping them in safe positions and safe exercises throughout their workouts.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's that's huge. So you know, in your model, where you're able to customize it for people, so people don't need to be intimidated or scared because you're going to find the appropriate level uh, for them. Um, and obviously, it goes without saying we, you know, Dell and I are both your clients, paying clients. We don't, didn't, we, we, we work in been a couple of years now. And, uh, you know, Dell had said when she first moved here from into my apartment, kind of joining your gym was the first thing she kind of did here. So she built like a community around the gym very early and kind of it almost comes full circle in the sense of your gym was the first thing that got us back to normal so to speak and so it's been it's been awesome for us and uh we really appreciate what you guys do and if you guys are out there and uh and and you're in the area and you are looking for a gym or or you need to you know this hopefully if covid scared you into taking care of yourself uh you know james and his team at pratt are 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 the people you go see obviously i literally go there myself and refer family there so so I, i we appreciate you james thank you thank
3: you can't wait to get jeff back
2: by the
1: way
3: tell I jeff so. I said hi. all right we will tell him <laughs> all right thank you right, guys, have a good one Bye.
1: thank you for tuning in to the stay healthy new jersey podcast brought to you by strive to move if your pain or injury is preventing you from living the healthy and active lifestyle you love and deserve and want to get back to doing what you love pain-free we offer both a free ebook and free over the phone consultation to help you figure out the root cause of your pain and the best next steps to help resolve it. Find our ebooks online at strive to move.com slash our services. There you'll find an ebook for topics on such things as back pain, knee pain, sports injuries, and CrossFit injuries. These ebooks will provide you with free expert advice, tips, and exercises to help solve your pain from the comfort of your own home. Just visit strive2move.com/our-services to, to download your ebook and have it delivered directly to your inbox. We also offer free, no-obligation phone consults with a doctor on staff to New Jersey residents. Just call us at 908-547-0729, or visit us at strive2move.com and click the Talk to the Doctor First button on the homepage to schedule a call with us. Thanks again for joining us, and we will see you next time on the Stay Healthy New Jersey podcast.